1: Just outside Fangare, lives farmer Jeff Crawford. Dairy is the main pillar of his business, with Jeff's team milking 1,500 cows across 260 hectares. But it's not the cows that led producer Leah Tebbett to his farm, it's the pests, or in fact the lack of them. Thanks to Jeff, some 20 local landowners have joined the pest-free Parakiore programme, which he established.
0: That's
1: a bit of success. Yeah, that is a
0: bit of success. And see how he gets his head in there and then bang!
1: Go. I'm with Jeff Crawford on his dairy farm just outside of Carmore in Northland, checking the traps for pests.
0: I just throw them out into the paddock and the hawks eat them. Got the fattest hawks, the fattest
1: hawks, and the big possum. It is a big possum, it was a thunderous thud that.
0: done we' got peanut butter there and then I got a trap here so I, the baiting as well so in this here is bait so you know like if that uh, is there another possum comes in we don't miss the opportunity to get another one then I've got this for stoats and rats and there's nothing in there so <laughs> the last time I caught a rat, On that one, and then the stoat came in to eat the rat. So that's what they're designed for.
1: What are these little bones at my feet? Oh,
0: those are old, that's old possum. Yeah, yeah.
1: So that's from the hawk, probably uh, cleaning it all off.
0: Yeah, or it could be a big rat that I've just dropped there. That's how big they get.
1: Because they look like the size of like a chicken bone or something. So that's quite a big big rat. Yeah. Well, right now we're standing at a, at a higher part of the property and get a really good view of a lot of the waterways and, and the planting and the fencing that you've done, and as a result of that too, the trapping.
0: We've only started trapping probably be 18 months now, so we're starting to see the rewards. As you can see, we've only caught one possum so far, so yeah. that's success. Yeah. And no rats. We caught numerous rats this, um, early in the week. Um, but yeah starting to starting to work.
1: So you moved into farm ownership at the age of 20 after starting up a weed contracting business, or weed spraying.
0: Yeah, weed spraying at, at the age at of 17. At 17, mm. yeah. Mm.
1: So can you tell me why you wanted to move into farming as a self-proclaimed townie?
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, we sort of grew up in a, quite a poor area. Mum and Dad were, you know, we had four siblings, so one and four. And, um, yeah, we were in a rural town and looked out over the farmland and I thought, well, that's what I want to be.
1: Any reason why you think?
0: No, I just liked I liked the smell of it, I liked the look of it. It looked like fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know,
0: yeah. riding motorbikes and you know, <laughs> chasing cows and having a dog and you
1: know. So was dairy farming always always the goal?
0: Um well it was because my neighbours were dairy farmers, so that was a good start for me and it and it had a system, you know, you got cows in it in the morning and cows in the afternoon and that sort of stuff so it was easy to understand so I started saving my pocket money for that and uh, when I left school I worked on a dairy farm and um, then an opportunity came to uh, get into the spraying business because the farmer that I was working for got into financial hardship and he said oh I've got a job for you on a spraying contractor you can live in the house as long as you milk on the weekends for board but you can go and get a job with this weed spraying guy. So anyway I started with him, and he said, "Oh, Jeff, you know, would you be interested in buying the business?" And I said, "Well, I've really only got very little money, so I managed to scratch up and uh, sold my car, sold everything that I thought I owned, <laughs> and because uh, I was been a good saver, you see, and um, couldn't get any money from the bank, so UDC lent me some money at twenty six and a half percent, and got started." Mm. And you've never
1: looked back by the looks <laughs> of it. Now you own seven farms, you were telling me.
0: Yeah, we've got seven properties. Um, the debt is a lot bigger now. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, I, I tell young people the greatest thing you never do is use somebody else's money. Yeah, it's been a great journey. I wouldn't say it's been easy. It's been a lot of work. But, um, you know, I don't class it as work.
1: Yeah. As we head to another trap... I noticed the extent of mature bush and plantings around the waterways.
0: Yeah, well, it's a constant thing. See all this fencing off yeah. that we've done? I'm constantly trying to kill weeds. Right. And, uh, like that area there, that's um, regenerating. I'm using the gorse, a little bit of tobacco weed coming up in amongst it. I found a little block of ginger in there the other day. Oh, the birds the birds bird yeah. spray. So, yeah. And if you do all this predator control, it brings back birds. Birds bring weeds. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's all counterintuitive, isn't it? Yeah,
0: but I'd rather have the birds. I've got a good family of um, pheasants going here Mm -hmm. and quail. Really cool to see the little bumblebees, you know, the little um, little juvenile ones running around.
1: Right next to a golf course, separated by a stream, is where the next trap is. Is the boundary of the golf course. There's some people on the green right there.
0: Yeah, no rats in there. No. Oh, no, it's been good. It's been good. You know, catching, not catching anything's a good indication of things are happening.
1: Because there's nothing in here either. Happens
0: is the little mice get in and eat the peanut butter. You know, because they can get in there without setting it off. Right. If they're small enough, so that's why I've got a bait station over there that you know lets out bait as well.
1: Yeah, it replenishes it.
0: So yeah, I just got a bit of a system where I go around and
1: every check for couple the rats of days,
0: couple of days. Yeah, yeah. Well, I used to be every day. You know, I was getting 70 possums a week, and now I'm lucky to get seven a week.
1: That is yeah. unbelievable, actually. Yeah. No yeah. wonder you know that it's working. If yeah. you're seeing that fall,
0: yeah, is it
1: well. a sense that they kind of they know to stay away? Do you oh, think? I just
0: think you get the populations down. You just keep maintaining it, you know, and that's the key because it did not take long if you if you stop it. All this bush is what they would call like a virgin area because you've got all the new shoots. That's what they want to eat. So you've just got to keep the pressure on, you know.
1: A rogue golf ball interrupts our chat, so Jeff throws a spare one back to them.
0: Did you get it out? Couple here managed to get the golf course next door onto it. Oh, really? Yeah. So they're they're doing the predicate control as well as I set up a group uh, in this area called Pest Free Paracavoree. So I've got a lot of the neighbours involved down our road, I, I suppose we've got 30 or 40 people now. Wow. We're all doing their bit.
1: So were they receptive, obviously, yeah, at the beginning? Yeah, so we
0: set up, I set up a meeting and got the regional council involved and uh, they came out we've had two trapping days, you know, teach people how to set the trap and, and now we've got weed days to go on top of it because everyone's getting results and now we've got weeds coming up. <laughs> but <in. laughs> oh, anyway, you. it's a good way of networking with our community, especially as a lot of people, you know, moved into the, this area a good connection with, with our community through Facebook and people posting their catches. And
1: so how does it work? Are you su- helping to supply the, the traps and whatnot?
0: Yeah so I set up the group and then went to the regional council and then got them involved and then they've sort of um, managed to apply for funding to get some traps and um, then we've supported the local community on setting the traps up and how we set the traps and then there's been a, a availability of um, free bait Um, To get started, so and everybody's just learning, you know, like stoats and cats are the big one. Um, Yeah, and we're you know trying to get kiwi back in areas. When we first moved there 30 years ago, we had kiwi behind our house, but they're gone now. So you know that's one, you know, and that's growth, I suppose. You know, there used to be 13 people on our road. I'd hate to think how many now, but it's probably (laughs) at least 100 houses here now. So right, and everyone's got a cat. So I doubt it will ever get kiwi back into this bush because it's just surrounded by too much population of, um, you know, cats and dogs. But, you know, the other birds get going.
1: At the same time, though, like going up back to where we just were, that's quite dense and seems far away yeah. from everything else. Do you think in and amongst that there could be kiwi or...?
0: Uh, we haven't heard them. We've been out listening. Um, you know, never say never, but there will have to be a you know, huge amount of... Community awareness. If we did release some kiwi here, you can see that uh, everyone's watching here. So just awareness on practices.
1: But it's also Basically. an example, isn't it, yeah. to, to lead by example and yeah. show that um, that while you're a farmer and people might have their preconceived ideas, mm. they're not true.
0: No, no. Well, <clears throat> we forget farmers love the land. You know, <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. So. No. on the back, I working doc. should I spend more time with her than I, than I do with
1: my wife. It is <laughs> a big, um, feels like a really big farm but I think as a result of all the bush and the waterways planted out yeah. it sort of sections it off and yeah, makes it seem it does, bigger.
0: Own little corridors. For <laughs> me, you know, I've got grandchildren and you'd hope that, you know, they will carry on here. So yeah. The stuff that we start with, I believe, will be critical for them, you know, to be proud.
1: Driving to the next trap, it's evident how the land has changed in 30 years. Large urban sprawl is now dotted around the perimeter of Jeff's farm, positioned to take in the view of the bushland that is now under a qe
0: 2 covenant. But yes you can see everyone's watching. I almost think I should send them all an account, you know, so I can maintain their view.
1: Yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of bad idea. And so I'll
0: um, you know, won't put on any dusty fertilizer that'll drift onto your farm and I'll keep it clean and be free of weeds and
1: you know it'll
0: always yeah. be green.
1: And there will always be bird song. <laughs> That's right. That's
0: right. Be interesting to see the response, eh? Yeah. For well, the build there for the view, you know
1: rent of view that's what you could call it. It's definitely wet underfoot, isn't it?
0: Yes, yes, we've had 3.8 metres of rain.
1: So you've been here for 30 years and a lot of the planting happens sort of in those early stages of of taking over the farm. And you can tell because it's one of few farms I've been on that has actually um, mature riparian Mm. plantings around the place. And and more so, it's it's not just
0: riparian, it sort of goes on and on. Yeah, well it was, the farm was run down to start with and then, uh, so that helped with the decision making. But we were very poor, so a lot of the original fencing was second-hand materials. We thought, well there's no fencing... fencing the waterways off and he's going to put something around it so we never had a plan on measurement we just fenced it for the right what we thought was right for the the paddocks you know we didn't measure three meters or 10 meters some me some places is more than 10 some places is less than three it's just what's really practical so yeah it's really come up nice so it all flows from the native bush through the property and through the bottom of the native bush as well so it links lots of links.
1: But what was the motivation to do that then? Because obviously now it's a different landscape where people are being asked to to think more environmentally. But 30 years ago it wasn't really in the discourse, was it?
0: No, but we were... I think you're that person or you're not, you know. So for me it was about creating wetlands, attracting birds, ducks, you know, all that sort of stuff. It just wasn't... I could see you that we really needed a balance, you know. And um, we wanted... You know, you know, when you've got land, you really want it to look the best. The main thing is, uh, you know, if you're a landowner, it's just to start the journey, you know, and it doesn't have to be all done at once, but um, definitely, uh, you know, if you've got generations of family coming through, you want to leave something, you know. It's something that everyone's proud of.
1: Jeff Crawford on his farm near Fangare.